Section 24 of Great Ghost Stories by Joseph Lewis French. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section 24 The Withered Arm, Part 2. A Suggestion. The summer drew on, and Rhoda Brook almost dreaded to meet Mrs. Lodge again notwithstanding that her feelings for the young wife amounted well nigh to affection. Something in her own individuality seemed to convict Rhoda of crime. Yet a fatality sometimes would direct the steps of the latter to the outskirts of Holmstoke whenever she left her house for any other purpose than her daily work, and hence it happened that their next encounter was out of doors. Rhoda could not avoid the subject which had so mystified her, and after the first few words she stammered, "'I hope your arm is well again, ma'am.' She had perceived with consternation that Gertrude Lodge carried her left arm stiffly. "'No, it is not quite well. Indeed, it is no better at all. It is rather worse. It pains me dreadfully sometimes. Will you let me see it? said the milkwoman. Mrs. Lodge pushed up her sleeve and disclosed the place, which was a few inches above the wrist. As soon as Rhoda Brooks saw it, she could hardly preserve her composure. There was nothing of the nature of a wound, but the arm at that point had a shriveled look, and the outline of the four fingers appeared more distinct than at the former time. Moreover, she fancied that they were imprinted in precisely the relative position of her clutch upon the arm in the trance. The first finger toward Gertrude's wrist, and the fourth towards her elbow. What the impress resembled seemed to have struck Gertrude herself since their last meeting. "'It looks almost like finger-marks,' she said, adding with a faint laugh, "'My husband says it is as if some witch or the devil himself had taken hold of me there and blasted the flesh.' Rhoda shivered. "'That's fancy,' she said hurriedly. I wouldn't mind it if I were you. I shouldn't so much mind it, said the younger with hesitation, if, if, if I hadn't a notion that it makes my husband dislike me, no, love me less. Men think so much of personal appearance. Some do, he for one. Yes, and he was very proud of mine at first. Keep your arm covered from his sight. Ah, he knows the disfigurement is there. She tried to hide the tears that filled her eyes. Well, ma'am, I earnestly hope it will go away soon. In her secret heart, Rhoda did not altogether object to a slight diminution of her successor's beauty by whatever means it had come about but she did not wish to inflict upon her physical pain for though this pretty young woman had rendered impossible any reparation which lodge might have made rhoda for his past conduct 
everything like resentment at the unconscious usurpation had quite passed away they tell me there is possibly one way by which i might be able to find out the cause and so perhaps the cure of it replied the other anxiously it is by going to some clever man over in egdon heath they did not know if he was still alive and i cannot remember his name at this moment but they said that you knew more of his movements than anybody else hereabout and could tell me if he were still to be consulted dear me what was his name but you know not conjurer trendle said her thin companion turning pale trendle yes is he alive i, I believe so said rhoda with reluctance why do you call him conjurer well they say they used to say he was a he had powers other folks have not the milkwoman had inwardly seen from the moment she heard of her having been mentioned as a reference for this man that there must exist a sarcastic feeling among the workfolk that a sorceress would know the whereabouts of the exorcist they suspected her then a short time ago this would have given no concern to a woman of her common sense but she had a haunting reason to be superstitious now and she had been seized with sudden dread that this conjurer trendle might name her as the malignant influence which was blasting the fair person of gertrude and so lead her friend to hate her for ever and to treat her as some fiend in human shape the place on my arm is so mysterious i don't really believe in such men but i should not mind just visiting him from curiosity though on no account must my husband know is it far to where he lives yes five miles said rhoda backwardly in the heart of egdon well i should have to walk could you not go with me to show me the way say to-morrow afternoon oh not i uh, that is the milkwoman murmured with a start of dismay again the dread seized her that something to do with her fierce act in the dream might be revealed and her character in the eyes of the most useful friend she had ever had be ruined irretrievably mrs lodge urged and rhoda finally assented though with much misgiving sad as the journey would be to her she could not conscientiously stand in the way of a possible remedy for her patron's strange affliction it was agreed that to escape suspicion of their mystic intent they should meet at the edge of the heath at the corner of a plantation which was visible from the spot where they now stood conjurer trundle rhoda started just before the time of day mentioned between them and half an hour's brisk walking brought her to the southeastern extension of the egdon tract of country where the fir plantation was a slight figure cloaked and veiled was already there rhoda recognized almost with a shudder 
that Mrs. Lodge bore her left arm in a sling. They hardly spoke to each other, and immediately set out on their climb into the interior of this solemn country, which stood high above the rich alluvial soil they had left half an hour before. It was a long walk. Thick clouds made the atmosphere dark, though it was as yet only early afternoon, and the wind howled dismally over the hills of the heath. Rhoda had a strange dislike to walking on the side of her companion where hung the afflicted arm, moving round to the other when inadvertently near it. Conjurer Trendle was at home when they arrived, having in fact seen them descending into his valley. He was a grey-bearded man with a reddish face, and he looked singularly at Rhoda the first moment he beheld her. Mrs. Lodge told him her errand, and then with words of self-disparagement he examined her arm. "'Medicine can't cure it,' he said promptly. "'Tis the work of an enemy.' Rhoda shrank into herself and drew back. "'An enemy? What enemy?' asked Mrs. Lodge. He shook his head. "'That's best known to yourself,' he said. "'If you like, I can show the person to you, though I shall not myself know who it is.' I can do no more, and don't wish to do that. She pressed him, on which he told Rhoda to wait outside where she stood, and took Mrs. Lodge into the room. It opened immediately from the door, and as the latter remained ajar, Rhoda Brooke could see the proceedings without taking part in them. He brought a tumbler from the dresser, nearly filled it with water, and fetching an egg, prepared it in some private way, after which he broke it on the edge of the glass, so that the white went in and the yolk remained. As it was getting gloomy, he took the glass and its contents to the window, and told Gertrude to watch them closely. They leant over the table together, and the milkwoman could see the opaline hue of the egg-fluid changing form as it sank in the water, but she was not near enough to define the shape that it assumed. "'Do you catch the likeness of any face or figure as you look?' demanded the conjurer of the young woman. She murmured a reply in tones so low as to be inaudible to Rhoda, and continued to gaze intently into the glass. Rhoda turned and walked a few steps away. When Mrs. Lodge came out, and her face was met by the light, it appeared exceedingly pale, as pale as Rhoda's, against the sad dun shades of the upland's garniture. Trendle shut the door behind her, and they at once started homeward together but Rhoda perceived that her companion had quite changed. "'Did he charge much?' she asked tentatively. "'Oh, no, nothing. He would not take a farthing,' said Gertrude. "'And what did you see?' inquired Rhoda. "'Nothing I care to speak of.' The constraint in her manner was remarkable. 
her face was so rigid as to wear an oldened aspect faintly suggestive of the face in rhoda's bedchamber was it you who first proposed coming here mrs lodge suddenly inquired after a long pause how very odd if you did no but i am not sorry we have come all things considered she replied for the first time a sense of triumph possessed her and she did not altogether deplore that the young thing at her side should learn that their lives had been antagonized by other influences than their own the subject was no more alluded to during the long and dreary walk home but in some way or other a story was whispered about the many dairied lowland that winter that mrs lodge's gradual loss of the use of her left arm was owing to her being overlooked by rhoda brooke the latter kept her own counsel about the incubus but her face grew sadder and thinner and in the spring she and her boy disappeared from the neighborhood of holmstoke a second attempt half a dozen years passed away and mr and mrs lodge's married experience sank into prosiness and worse the farmer was usually gloomy and silent the woman whom he had wooed for her grace and beauty was contorted and disfigured in the left limb moreover she had brought him no child which rendered it likely that he would be the last of a family who had occupied that valley for some two hundred years he thought of rhoda brooke and her son and feared this might be a judgment from heaven upon him you want somebody to cheer you he observed i once thought of adopting a boy but he is too old now and he has gone away i don't know where gertrude guessed to whom he alluded for rhoda brooke's story had in the course of years become known to her though not a word had ever passed between her husband and herself on the subject neither had she ever spoken to him of her visit to conjurer trendle and of what was revealed to her or she thought was revealed to her by that solitary heathman she had never revisited trendle since she had been conducted to the house of the solitary by rhoda against her will but it now suddenly occurred to gertrude that she would in a last desperate effort at deliverance from this seeming curse again seek out the man if he yet lived he was entitled to a certain credence for the indistinct form he had raised in the glass had undoubtedly resembled the only woman in the world who as she now knew though not then could have a reason for bearing her ill-will the visit should be paid this time she went alone though she nearly got lost on the heath and roamed a considerable distance out of the way you can send away warts and other excrescences i know she said why can't you send away this and the arm was uncovered you think too much of my powers said trendle this is of the nature of a blight not of the nature of a wound 
and if you ever do throw it off, it will be all at once. If I only could. There's only one chance of doing it known to me. It has never failed in kindred afflictions that I can declare. But it is hard to carry out, and especially for a woman. Tell me, said she. You must touch with the limb the neck of a man who's been hanged. She started a little at the image he had raised. Before he's cold, just after he's cut down, continued the conjurer impassively. How can that do good? It will turn the blood and change the constitution. But as I say, to do it is hard. You must get into jail and wait for him when he's brought off the gallows. Lots have done it, though perhaps not such pretty women as you. I used to send dozens for skin complaints, but that was in former times. The last I sent was in thirteen, near twenty years ago. He had no more to tell her, and when he had put her into a straight track homeward, turned and left her, refusing all money as at first. A RIDE The communication sank deep into Gertrude's mind. Her nature was rather a timid one, and probably of all remedies that the white wizard could have suggested, there was not one which would have filled her with so much aversion as this, not to speak of the immense obstacles in the way of its adoption. Casterbridge, the county town, was a dozen or fifteen miles off, and though in those days, when men were executed for horse-stealing, arson, and burglary, an assize seldom passed without a hanging, it was not likely that she could get access to the body of the criminal unaided, and the fear of her husband's anger made her reluctant to breathe a word of Trendle's suggestion to him or to anybody about him. She did nothing for months and patiently bore her disfigurement as before, but her woman's nature, craving for renewed love through the medium of renewed beauty, she was but twenty-five, was ever stimulating her to try what, at any rate, could hardly do her any harm. "'What came by a spell will go by a spell surely,' she would say. Whenever her imagination pictured the act, she shrank in terror from the possibility of it. Then the words of the conjurer, "'It will turn your blood,' were seen to be capable of a scientific no less than a ghastly interpretation. The mastering desire returned and urged her on again. Her determination received a fillip from learning that two epileptic children had attended from this very village of Holmstoke many years before with beneficial results though the experiment had been strongly condemned by the neighboring clergy. April, May, June passed, and it is no overstatement to say that by the end of the last-named month Gertrude well-nigh longed for the death of a fellow-creature. Instead of her formal prayers each night, her unconscious prayer was, O oh Lord, 
hang some guilty or innocent person soon. The assizes were in July, and there was to be one execution, only one, for arson. Her greatest problem was not how to get to Casterbridge, but what means she would adopt for obtaining admission to the jail. Though access for such purposes had formerly never been denied, the custom had fallen into desuetude, and in contemplating her possible difficulties, she was again almost driven to fall back upon her husband. But on sounding him about the assizes, he was so uncommunicative, so more than usually cold, that she did not proceed, and decided that whatever she did, she would do alone. Fortune, obdurate hitherto, showed her unexpected favor. On the Thursday before the Saturday fixed for the execution, Lodge remarked to her that he was going away from home for another day or two on business at a fair and that he was sorry he could not take her with him she exhibited on this occasion so much readiness to stay at home that he looked at her in surprise time had been when she would have shown deep disappointment at the loss of such a jaunt however he lapsed into his usual taciturnity and on the day named left holmstoke it was now her turn she at first had thought of driving, but on reflection held that driving would not do, since it would necessitate her keeping to the turnpike road, and so increase by tenfold the risk of her ghastly errand being found out. She decided to ride and avoid the beaten track, notwithstanding that in her husband's stables there was no animal just at present which by any stretch of imagination could be considered a lady's mount, in spite of his promise before marriage to always keep a mare for her. He had, however, many cart-horses, fine ones of their kind, and among the rest was a serviceable creature, an equine Amazon, with a back as broad as a sofa on which Gertrude had occasionally taken an airing when unwell. This horse she chose. On Friday afternoon, one of the men brought it around. She was dressed, and before going down looked at her shriveled arm. Ah, she said to it, if it had not been for you, this terrible ordeal would have been saved me. When strapping up the bundle in which she carried a few articles of clothing, she took occasion to say to the servant, I take these in case I should not get back tonight from the person I am going to visit. Don't be alarmed if I am not in by ten, and close up the house as usual. I shall be home tomorrow for certain. She meant then to privately tell her husband, the deed accomplished was not like the deed projected. He would almost certainly forgive her. And then the pretty, palpitating Gertrude Lodge went from her husband's homestead. But though her goal was Casterbridge, she did not take the direct route thither through Stickleford. Her cunning course at first was in precisely the opposite direction. As soon as she was out of sight, however, she turned to the left, 
by a road which led into Egdon, and on entering the heath wheeled round and set out in the true course due westerly. When it was almost dusk, Gertrude reached the White Hart, the first inn of the town on that side. Little surprise was excited by her arrival. Farmers' wives rode on horseback then more than they do now, though for that matter Mrs. Lodge was not imagined to be a wife at all. The innkeeper supposed her some harem-scarum young woman who had come to attend hang-fair next day. Neither her husband nor herself ever dealt in Casterbridge Market, so that she was unknown. While dismounting, she beheld a crowd of boys standing at the door of a harness-maker's shop just above the inn, looking inside it with deep interest. "'What is going on there?' she asked of the ostler. "'Making the rope for tomorrow. She throbbed responsively and contracted her arm. "'Tis sold by the inch afterwards.' the man continued. I could get you a bit, miss, for nothing if you'd like. She hastily repudiated any such wish, all the more from a curious creeping feeling that the condemned wretch's destiny was becoming interwoven with her own, and having engaged a room for the night, sat down to think. Up to this time she had formed but the vaguest notions about her means of obtaining access to the prison. The words of the cunning man returned to her mind. He had implied that she should use her beauty, impaired though it was, as a pass-key. In her inexperience she knew little about jail functionaries. She had heard of a high sheriff and an under-sheriff, but dimly only. She knew, however, that there must be a hangman, and to the hangman she determined to apply. End of section 24 The Withered Arm, part 2